The Youthscape Podcast. Hi everybody and welcome to the Youthscape Podcast with me Rachel Gardner and my lovely friend Martin Saunders. Hello everybody, I'm Martin. <laughs> I thought I'd name you as our friend because occasionally we like our podcasts to have a bit of a theme to them. I mean, broadly speaking, they all have a theme of youth ministry, but sometimes we get our little noggins together and think of something more specific, and I think we're calling this one Friendship. The Friendship Edition. The Friendship Edition. And we are friends, but we often say, Martin and I, that we probably wouldn't be friends if we were at school together. We often... Mind you, you get really upset when I say that, don't you? I don't know. So you, were you one of the cool kids? No, not the cool kids. I was not in the not cool band, but I was kind of on the edge of the cool kids um, because I was quite kind to the cool kids. So when they were having a bad day, they'd come and seek me out. But I was a very, very go-for-it Christian girl. Well, you would have would have been in the Christian Union together. Yeah, and we would have been earnest. I'd have been saving you. But I was a I was a Christian. I'd still be trying to save you. Really? <laughs> I think I probably would. I think we'd have been quite earnest together. We might have, <laughs> we might have done things like um, town centre street dramas. Corridor evangelism. Yes. Wouldn't we? We'd have tried to convert our teachers. Oh, yeah. That That's exactly what we would have been unbearable. Oh, thank goodness we weren't friends at school. I remember being in one, uh, going to my high school, and I went to meet the head teacher because that's what happened when you when you arrived at this school. And the head teacher said to me, "Are there any questions you want to ask me?" And I said, "Yes." Are you a Christian? <laughs> so I, I go, I go. I don't care who they are. I'll ask them. Do you want to know Jesus? I love. So the friendship edition. I love Square Rachel. Oh, I just so love square. teenage Square Rachel. I was so square. Have you got friends that you are now in touch with that you've known for years and years and years and years? Yes, I do. Um, here's my hypothesis, though. Okay. And it's it's terribly gender-biased. And I'm just going to try it out because I'm an extrovert. Okay. I'm just going to try it out on you. Men are bad at friendships. Men are bad at friendship. Ah. Like, we are. Or certainly my brand of man. And mm. I'm not an, like an, mm. a meat, you know, gnawing... Meat gnawing? <laughs> Meat. I spend a lot of time with meat. I gnaw meat. I don't gnaw meat, but I'm not like a, a meathead. Alpha male. I'm not okay. a petrol head. I'm not. Okay. not a, so yeah. so people say, oh, those guys aren't good at friendship. Okay. But I'm like a you know metrosexual in touch, yeah, in touch with my feminine side. Yeah. Am I allowed to say that or not? Well, I I think probably everyone has a feminine side. Yes. Not that gender. Um. But uh, but I'm rubbish at friendship. And my friends are rubbish at friendship, and we have these well, conversations occasionally about how bad we are okay. at friendship. On Saturday, my friend Tom, who uh, pastors a vineyard church, oh. uh, he's, uh, he's, he pastors a vineyard church in Croydon, and, and Tom is one of my best friends. And, um, and Tom and I exchanged text messages, and we were both really pleased with ourselves oh, that we'd done it, like because we had a conversation the week before about how we never text each other mm, and we're rubbish at friendship. Mm. That's the only communication we've had, a, a, an exchange of text messages. Do we need to have a, a different perception of what friendship is as well? Interesting. I think that, well, only because I think I hear so many people of our generation saying, I'm really rubbish at friendships, because we kind of have this notion that friendship has to be a certain level, otherwise it's not intimate and I, I have many friends like you're saying I have a few very close friends locally who I see lo- all the time but the vast majority of people that I think oh I really love you I don't see very often Yeah. like lovely Jenny Osborne if you're listening you're one of my closest friends but I know the moment I get in the room with her it will be as if we've not been apart I, I yeah. just know that so actually that that's working isn't it well so here's the question I expend a lot of my social energy replying to people on social media who, and I say this advisedly, 
compared compared to the people who are like the godparents of my children yeah. don't matter as much to me okay. they just don't and I would be scared yeah. and, and worried if I meant as much to them oh, I see. as they did to, you know, to their close so friends. there's like a pseudo-friendship so, so these are people who are, you know, people I have a very light-touch relationship with, yeah. may never have even met on, in person, yes. but communicate with on social media. And you can make, communicate quite intimately in a way, actually, about themes or Although, boundaries. always appropriately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, <laughs> But, you know, I don't expend, I don't have half as many conversations with mm. the guy who's my best man. Mm. Then what's that all about? Mm. And and I think even if, you know, I know there are people who are real apologists for social media and, and that mm. stuff. And I actually, I'm probably increasingly in my old age at the Luddite end of the spectrum. Okay. I'm the guy who keeps piling into online debates and saying, screens are terrible. <laughs> Stop all, smash all the screens. <laughs> I'm becoming that guy. Um, but I am worried that the, the social media revolution has dampened our ability to have friendship, mm. deep friendship, because we have all this superficial friendship that we mm. don't then invest that time. That time has to come from somewhere. Mm-hmm. And I think it, a lot of it comes from the time we would have traditionally invested in our close friends. Mm. Now, why I said it's maybe a, a male issue is because I just observe my wife and her friends, other people, and they have these endless, you know, if you have a text conversation with uh, you know, my wife, mm. she'll you you you'll say, um, okay, uh, really lovely to see you. Um, see you next week, mm. and then she'll text back, okay, lots of love. And then the other woman will text back, kiss kiss. And then she'll text back, so nice to see you. And then she, the other girl will text yeah. back, and it goes on forever. Now, obviously, I, you know, yes. I'm exaggerating to make a point, yes. but actually, they just they just invest lots more time mm. into talking to each other and communicating with each other. Um, whereas mm. I and my male friends, who may just be, you know, mm. a, a different and specific example, but my male friends and I just see each other once every six months and then hide behind the excuse that when we get together, it's just like we've never been apart. But but, 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 is but it what like about that? the friendship? All the or, it is like that. Mm. It is like that. But I think what what am I doing for friendship all the yes. all the rest of the year? Well, I, I wonder if one of the things that particularly happens within the youth ministry community, let's bring, let's bring it back, Martin, let's bring it back to the point, um, is that we develop friendships with other youth workers mm. because this time that we don't have, we spend at conferences and events and, and tweeting each other on things that we're passionate about. And so the moment we step out of that community, we lose a lot of friendships. So we move away or we mm. go on maternity leave or we go on sick leave and suddenly like, I haven't actually got any friends. I've just got people that I work with. Do you think as youth workers, we're kind of a little bit more prone to that as Are well? Are you talking from very, very personal <laughs> experience there, Rachel? I am actually. <laughs> it's my little bottle. Because it, what was really interesting for me was that... Um, Went on, went on maternity leave off, straight off the back of a very, very busy summer. And people are understandably very, um, okay, you've just adopted a little boy, so we don't want to kind of crowd in. And also the social services are like, don't have lots of visitors. So suddenly the extrovert me has nobody in my life apart from my lovely husband and, and daughter and this little kid. And suddenly realised, oh, lots of my kind of everyday friendship conversations are with people that I'm working with. So mm. who, who am I going to talk to now? Because everyone's sort of staying well away so I, I, I just thought I bet I'm not the only person that no. maybe women experience that more because of maternity leave or whatever the other issues might be I don't know it's, it's, it's an interesting challenge mm. for us as, as a youth ministry community because you want to be friends with each other we're yeah. quite relational beings actually people who are called into youth work yeah. are often quite good at friendships yeah. and connecting with people but we have to build sorts of friendships with lots and lots of young people yes. don't we as yes. well um, and so there's this this um, 
weird dynamic where you as a youth worker yeah. are investing a lot of friendship, a lot of yeah. time, a lot of care, a lot of how you're doing, a lot of remembering yeah. the stuff that's going on in another person's life. Yeah. You're investing that all in a group of people who it's not appropriate yes. for you to then expect it, you back. Know, expect it yeah. back and fully and fully engage. I can't talk to my young people about yeah. aspects of my marriage. Like that's yeah, that's yeah, yeah. that's not okay. You know, so um so I think because of the nature of youth ministry, mm. we're investing a lot of that relational energy in a, in a place where we mm. we can't do friendship, mm. which makes it even more important mm. that you do have you strong friendship yeah. outside of the of the youth work. Yes, absolutely. And um, the interview today, actually, because we promised last week, didn't we, that we're going to talk about friendship, and um, Martin hadn't realised at that point that we had a great interview to on the go. Um, Oh, actually, that's one of my young people calling me currently. That's nice, isn't it? Message, can't talk. No, sorry about that. Um, but we... You know we don't edit these. No, I know, it's just hilarious. I'm talking about friendship and investing in young people. I'm like, nah, I'm not going to talk to you. Cancel. Um, but um, I went to Norwich, because one of the young people that um, I've been mentoring for a very long time, and in many ways, she's like a second adopted daughter to me, really. I'm her godmum. She's been through a lot in life. She doesn't have family around her anymore. So she's doing a gap year um, in Norwich and I went to visit the director of the centre where she's doing her gap year, um, mainly because I wanted to check out where she was going because I felt all protective. But also I thought, I just want to see what, what you guys do in Norwich. It's a long way away from London where I live. And the really interesting thing, Martin, is that we got chatting about friendship and we got chatting about when we're at school or at college or in our early 20s and our peer group, we have the luxury of lots of people around us. We can pick and choose our friends mm. a bit. But the moment you get a job and you go to an area, that's quite that's a bit more limited, isn't it? Mm. And particularly in youth ministry, you have other youth workers in the area who you might connect with or click with or you might not particularly click with. And actually, Nick, the guy that I interviewed, was quite he's quite provocative on actually us getting over ourselves and choosing friendship, not expecting friendship to be a spark, but actually choosing to invest in somebody and, and make that the starting point of your mm. friendship. So, this is you meeting Nick Blanche, who is the... You look ever so excited. I am excited. Uh, Who is the centre director? Yes, at Norwich Youth for Christ. Norwich Youth for Christ. Uh, by the side of the M4 or anything No, like that? actually inside a building. Do you know, actually, that was doors. terrible geography. The M4 is not near Norwich. I, but I wouldn't know. So you're inside, you didn't flinch. No, I didn't Inside flinch. a building, yeah. having a conversation with you. Yeah. What a joy. You've escaped podcasts. What? So uh, this building we sat in, Nick, I heard a rumour that this is 17th century. Did you? <laughs> it's very old, isn't it? It is very old. It's a listed building. I know that much. And that's why they won't change the windows and it gets super cold in the winter. <laughs> so uh, welcome to Youth Work. Yeah, this is where yeah, we yeah. all live, this, isn't it? This is what happens. So you are the director of Youth for Christ Norwich. And yep. have been here about, how many years? Seven years, you say? Yeah, six years, yeah. Six yep. years. And this year is a significant year for Youth for Christ. Norwich tell us a bit about this year yeah so this year is our 40th birthday year so we were set up and founded in 1978 um, and uh, over that year we've done a huge range of different bits and pieces and um, yeah so we, we've we've tried to really celebrate that and um, so one of the things we've done is we've released a book so called life begins 70 stories of transformation different people that were part of our story over those years some of them staff some of them volunteers some of them young people who have all kind of chipped in there mm. this is this is what we've done uh, mm. this is how you for christ helped us out in norwich 
Yeah. That's it, the last 40 years. Well, and I know you've been running this for the last seven years, which is no small amount of time. I mean, it's very significant. But from your perspective, like, what does it take for a movement to have longevity over sort of 40 years and, and plus? What do you put that, put that down to? I think, I think first of all, it, it's got to be about prayer. Um, that prayer has to be central to to everything that you're doing. And so, even as we're set here, I'm I'm looking at a, a chalkboard, which says prayer, a prayer board on it. And so, people write bits and pieces on there, and and, mm. and we just try and keep that always always at the central. Mm. I think it's also about empowering others. I think the minute it becomes about any one person. I think then it becomes stuck mm. uh, and Norwich Youth for Christ has always had a really good history of just empowering other people someone's come on board with a particular passion particular set of gifts mm. um, they want to run something off you go go and make it happen and when that person has left the organization not holding on to well we've got to continue mm-hmm. that particular ministry like actually having a lightness to it and letting go of it and saying okay we've got somebody else in and they've got a different set of passions and different set of gifts how do we allow mm-hmm. them to kind of release their vision so a great example of that is uh, we have a mobile recording studio which so is uh, a recording studio in a van um, that's called Tracks, and that has not come about because I had a great idea, but because we had uh, someone come on board mm. who wanted to make music recording accessible to young people, um, and out of that kind of bloomed this idea. Amazing. And I suppose, as you're saying that, that the prayer makes sure that we keep hold to the core vision that we're about. In that sense, and you can make these, these slightly fleet-footed decisions about this yes not that because actually you're very clear as to what the end goal is it's about young people meeting jesus so in that sense what won't we do yeah to help young people meet yeah. jesus you, before i started recording this um we were having an interesting conversation about schools work in knowledge because you've seen even in your time of being here just a, a, a big evolution just in how schools are doing and how youth work is going i mean how yep. as a director of youth for christ how important is it for you to have that kind of city-wide finger on the pulse, what's going on in schools, what's going on in the local authority, so you can respond. What, what does that look like for you? Yeah, I mean, it's a, it, you've got to watch what's happening. You, you've got to pay attention to what are the needs around you, and that will be constantly changing and shifting, and, and some of that will come from, from government perspective and, and the local authority. Some of it will come from the shifting culture. Um, I, I'm kind of a massive fan of... Uh, James Emery White is it? I can't remember now his surname, but uh, the guy who write, writes the book Generation Z, and um, just the the trends that we see amongst uh, the young people today, and I think it's really important to know what is going on. So, for us here uh, in Norfolk, Norfolk has the second highest exclusion rate um, oh. in in England. Um, that's a, a real spike o- over the years, and that's happened for lots of different. Uh, reasons uh, which I won't go into but it just you know you you then have to ask the question well you know what's our response to Mm. that do we have a role to play in that and uh, we've been thinking and praying about that for a long while and again we've we've just come to the point where we're thinking actually we need to do something Mm. about that so we are looking to open up an alternative provision uh, centre in Norwich just starting small just probably one day a week um, with a couple of students from a high school and we'll see where that we'll goes. That takes yeah, you. yeah, yeah. So I suppose it is interesting thinking what is the nas- what is the story of this city, both what's really positive 
and what's what's really difficult and what's a real challenge and and where do we get involved I remember coming to Norwich about seven or eight years ago and doing quite a lot of training of youth workers locally around sexual health and teen pregnancy and I remember then some of the stats floating around like many cities actually of just high unplanned teen pregnancies and just the impact there so as as a director how do you decide because there probably are a number of things where the stats are like high crime rates high teen pregnancies high how do you as a director kind of sense which are the ones you want to pour resources and time and staff and and church vision into how do you make those calls yeah, I mean that that's the hardest thing because I th- I, we have a phrase that that um says the 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 opportunities will always outweigh your ability to be able to meet them. Uh, and so you can't do everything. There has to be a point where you say no, we're not going to do that. So some of that is just trying to recognize well, who are we as an organization? How do we make sure we stay true to our vision? that we are about good news, that we're about um, reaching young people with the good news of who Jesus is. And so, therefore, if we go down a route which isn't about that, then we have to be really clear. Um, You know, that's our no. And we have had some projects and ideas that have come our way that we've thought we'd love to do that because it resonates with us as individuals, but we've gone, but it's not who we are as an organisation. So some of it is about that. But... I guess really it, it, it still comes back down to it's about prayer. It's about seeking God and saying, God, where where do you want us at this time? Um, yeah, I, mm. I think it's it's just that really. We're sat in your offices and um, I have to say, although the bu- the building's gorgeous, it's old. <laughs> I went <laughs> to the loo and it said, make sure you turn the taps off because we don't want to like, <laughs> trash the floors below. Yeah, yeah. Um, and there's so much stuff here because as youth workers, we just accumulate so many things. Um, and I'm just thinking it's almost like a, a metaphor for how as, as youth workers, as you say, there are so many opportunities. There's so much stuff. There's so many young people with so many needs. And here you are as a director, you've got a fantastic team, you've got your prayer boards, like you've you got, you got the vision up in front and centre. But for you personally, how, how, what have you learned or what are you learning about being a leader in this mix? Because if you say we're going to do this, you're sending the whole team with the money in that direction. Yeah. Or if you say we're going to do this, like, wh- what do you do to make sure that you're leading from a place of health and wholeness and, you know, none of us are perfect, but <laughs> you're doing this with authenticity. What, what does your life look like? Um... I think it's it's just I don't think it's rocket science. I think it's just trying to carve out the time and prioritize the time to be um to be still to listen and hear. Um uh, some of it is just about reading, reading God's word, reading other stuff as well. Um some of it is about listening to the wisdom of others. Uh yeah, I mean uh, we one one of the good one of the good things that we do and this is a benefit of being part of an organisation like Youth for Christ is that there are a number of other Youth for Christ locally to us within sort of a couple of hours drive or whatever. And I have always struggled with the idea of doing a retreat. I like the idea of it, but in practice, booking a retreat and then doing it, it's too easy to cancel in my diary. So um, with the other directors, we kind of said, look, why don't we all do it together? And then you've almost sort of committed to that together that you don't want to let each other down by cancelling it. And I think all of us said in the run up to that, gosh, we feel under pressure. We really um, almost didn't want to do it because the other pressures were taking over. But we did because we'd committed to it and to each other. Uh, And all of us came away saying, 
gosh, we really needed that and we were so glad of it. So, uh, you know, I, I would say that's a great thing to do, actually, is to find some other people and just say, actually, let's let's commit to doing something like a, a retreat day or a retreat couple of days. Um, and, that, and that can just kind of mm. help you accountability wise. But other than that, yeah, I think it's just it's just the daily disciplines of sitting down, reading, reading some of your Bible, mm. reading other books and finding quiet space i've got i've got four children my wife works full time you know life is busy you have just got to carve out something for you Mm, to hear god yeah Yeah. it's interesting you're saying about um getting the other directors and and that kind of gets you all over the line so you will get yourself there because there's a little bit of i can't be the one that says i'm not going because actually there's an arrogance if you say no i'm sorry i know we're all directors of youth christ centers but actually i think i'm a bit more important like (laughs) my pressures are greater than yours so i can totally see that totally works you're like no no i can't be the one that says that but once you're there are, are you then doing retreats together or do you have that awkward thing of like all being in the same space but trying to do your own thing or do you then say no well let's let's actually go on a journey together and be a bit vulnerable as leaders and and open up is yeah. are there benefits in that as well yeah absolutely absolutely um i think you know you can all i, I think it's a mixture isn't it it's a mixture of being able to just laugh together <laughs> yeah you know Good. there's this i mean for me as part of a team we have a team of eight here um there's a level of uh, sharing and vulnerability that i always want want to do with my team but equally there's always a, a limit, a cut-off point where I can't because it's not actually going to be healthy or helpful for the rest of the team. Um, and so I need to find other people outside of that mm. where I can share and it doesn't matter. Mm. There's not going to be implications of what I say mm. on, onto the team effect. So it's having people that I can I can laugh with but also people I can kind of go, yeah, I had this mm. real issue with so-and-so staff member this week this is how would it look like you know yeah or I've been battling with this this thing yeah yeah um and I think everybody can can do that because everyone's in that similar situation but you didn't choose them did you I mean I I often have um youth workers chat to me and say look I really want to find someone like this but I don't there is literally nobody and I often think I think partly that's because we we're looking for this perfect idea of somebody that we do this kind of accountability with whereas you didn't choose these other youth for christ centered directors that they are in those roles but actually because of your shared role there's a shared understanding and you've probably had to build trust haven't you with each other yeah yeah but that i mean that's a i i think that's the whole thing about friendship that i think when we when we go through school we have um people our own age um, we we put in in year groups and age groups all the way through our young years, and therefore we have a huge amount of people that we can uh, choose who we can spend time with. And then you come into the adult world, and it's not like that anymore. And um, um, but we're in this mindset of well, I need to find someone who I share that kind of natural affinity with that pe- that person who is like me. Life isn't like that you need to you are around people who aren't like you and you have to choose and commit to people and and, and therefore work at it and work hard at it and this is i think this is part of the reason why we we struggle with loneliness and isolation in our in our society that we just have to find people and say i'm just going to commit to you and work in this relationship out your friend yeah that is such good wisdom that is great wisdom isn't it because i think enough of us have been hurt a bit burnt rejected people have let us down often the 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 biggest wounds are fellow christians it it can be someone listening to this thinking i did do that nick i did 
invest in somebody I did choose to commit and they actually turned around and, and let me down and we've we've all got that haven't we mm. what have you had that experience I'm not gonna ask you to name names or anything like that but you've been a, a leader for a long time longer than just um, leading youth for Christ here what what have you learned in that space have you been in situations where you did choose to commit you did invest in somebody or you walked a journey with somebody and then actually it did go a bit painful I love. I just haven't asked him any prep for any of these questions. So just go for it. Bless you. You're being amazing. Um, yeah, and uh, yes, I have. Um, I think you, and that that happens on multiple levels, doesn't it? You, you sometimes you have people that you just try and invest into, and and they and they kind of walk away. I had I had a guy who who worked here who. I absolutely trusted 100% and um and we actually had to uh fire him completely out of the blue um and, and I and b- because yeah I can't go into details no, unfortunately no. but uh, it just it was very difficult and you kind of then have to work through the pain of I trusted you and um and and you let me down um and and the forgiveness of that mm. and and also forgiving yourself in that as well like actually you know i i may have made some mistakes in that relationship mm. and what that looked like um and having to receive mm. god's grace in all of that mm. and also the things that we couldn't have predicted i think sometimes we we want we we hold ourselves accountable for things that there's no way we could have known as well isn't there i think as leaders we think i should have known that i should have spotted that yeah, and, and yeah, sometimes yeah. we don't i'm i'm loving coming back to your prayer board actually one of the verses that you've got up there is to Joshua have I not commanded you do not be afraid do not be dismayed for I'm with you wherever you go and I suppose that's that's also the lesson I'm hearing from you of of leadership which is we invest in each other we commit to each other because that's what God does to us but ultimately our ultimate commitment and investment is into the one who can who will never abandon us never let us down that's beautiful that prayer is at the heart of what you do here so um What's your dream for Norwich then? You're, you're sat here with about to move offices somewhere different. So it's an exciting new year ahead of you. It's your 40th anniversary yeah. as an organisation. What's your dream for youth ministry and young people in Norwich? We, we've had some uh, fantastic opportunities with a particular high school where, where they just suddenly out of the blue um, said, we're going to do a, a carol concert. We're going to do it. It's going to make it compulsory. It's going to be... Uh, during the day and can you just come and share something for 10 minutes and I could have bitten her arm off there and then um so we've done that we've done that for the last three years now they've asked us back time and time again and so it's a fantastic opportunity and uh, to just yeah speak who Jesus is to a whole school you know 600 Mm. students plus parents who are there as well they then invited us for the first time this year to do an Easter assembly as well this is the school that we're going to be doing this alternative revision project with as well. And you just see this kind of relationship really kind of blossoming. And I guess my heart is, I want to see that across all of the schools in Norwich, that this kind of relationship of, yes, you can come in and speak the words of Jesus to us, um, but also what are the ways that maybe we can serve the school as well so that we can be God's love, but we can tell them about God's love mm. as well. We, I, I, it doesn't work if you just do one or the other. It has to be together. Um, so that's my real heart is to see. Well, we, we just want to, yeah, I just want to see God's name proclaimed, yeah. really. And you got a little gaggle of 
year year one youth of christ year one is now sorry youth of christ one yeah sorry yeah. i can't even speak yeah, yeah. joining which is so exciting and just what role do you see sort of young interns or young leaders who are kind of fresh from their gcses or a levels and they're coming to hang out with you for a year what do you what do they bring to the mix for anybody thinking oh we might we might have some year outers one time what do they bring well it's it's brilliant in that they are often the kind of the extra person in the room especially when you're struggling for volunteers um so that is the the kind of immediate benefit for you um but you've got to just be aware that actually they usually come with no experience Mm. it's sometimes the first time they're moved away from home as well Mm. so they they're actually not very good at a lot of things (laughs) you know they're not we've all been there i was that into yeah they don't know how to look after themselves don't know how to use their initiative um they need a lot of direction Mm. so sometimes it can be a really frustrating time as well so there's a real sense of actually um we always take we take on gap years here and we've had a long history of that, but we see it as an extension of our ministry. Brilliant. Like actually we're investing into young people by taking them on here. Mm. And so what we input into them is more than what they give us, at mm. least at the start of the year. Mm. Now that reverses around by the time you get to the end of the year, it's usually we're inputting less and they're giving us more. Mm. But, but I think a lot of people get frustrated when they expect it to be the other way around mm. from the off and, and you can't, you have to spend time investing into them and some of it is just probably what you call an office you know water cooler chat you know it's mm. the the little kind of five minute bible studies in amongst the office yes. environment where you're talking about a passage or yes how, yeah or yeah. just saying let's pray about that or yeah, yeah. and i know and i remember sort of about 15 years ago when I began as a youth worker and, and it was slightly different you could take young people in the car for long trips with less <laughs> consent but still even with all the red tape and making sure I get consent having young people in the car you need to have a few more of them in the car with you than just one now but the conversations you have in service stations when you're in late night hot chocolate when you're going driving somewhere are just amazing as you say because you're doing life aren't you and mm. I think those informal opportunities with young people are just so beautiful Nick thank you so much for your time it is great if anybody wants to kind of find out a little bit more about what you guys do here and a, a little bit interested at this kind of alternative provision and just that you guys are you know brave enough to say let's let's look into this space and get involved yeah. how could people get in, in touch with you here uh very easy just go on our website norwichyfc.co.uk and uh, all our contact details are on there so it's easy to fantastic and it's a beautiful city here isn't it it is so it's a fine visit. city it's a fine city <laughs> come visit norwich thank you nick The Youthscape Podcast. So, Rach, mm. I was at the HTB Leaders Conference a couple of years ago. Oh, right. And uh, I had a, a, there was a hilarious apocryphal moment that happened. Be the judge yourself. I've got my cup of tea. I'm settling down. I, I recommend listeners to do the same. And I was sitting there with Chris Curtis, and uh, we were we were uh, about to listen to Nicky Gumble give the mm. keynote address. And the keynote address was at the start of the first day where he was going to introduce the theme. And you think he's got these brilliant leadership voices. Rick Warren was there. You know, there were a whole bunch of really big name leaders there. And he said, and we're going to, I'm going to talk to you about our theme for these two days. Um, and everybody could see there's a sense of excitement yeah. in the room. People were so excited um, that there was, um, a, you know, about to be some great prophetic pronouncement from Nicky Gumbel about what we were going to talk about. The, the new facet of leadership you didn't even knew, <laughs> you know, that yeah. you, you needed to know about. Um, and, uh, and then he said, the theme is 
friendship. And honestly, it was like someone had broken wind. It was <laughs> it, it was awkward. Like you could everyone's looking at each other going, eh? Like what? What? Like friend friendship? Mm. That's not very dynamic. Nikki, how is that? Mm. Anyway, Nikki Gumbel then gave the most extraordinary unpacking of you know when someone does that and then basically just showed how the entire Bible is about friendship, mm. that, that everything comes back to friendship. And I can't wow. do it justice. Um, but actually, then we had two days of teaching into mm. friendship. And there was a huge recognition around the place that mm. ministry friendship is hard. Mm. Like, it's hard for lots of reasons. If you're a minister, very hard to have friends. Mm. You know, because most of the people you interact with every day are in your congregation. Yeah. So friendship, boundaries, yeah. all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, certain jobs make friendship difficult yeah. the busyness of life makes friendship difficult sometimes other stuff social rules yeah. and gender yeah. and all that stuff makes friendship difficult it's not easy at all is it and and i think actually there will be believe it or not some people listening this week yeah. who are thinking gosh yeah i i struggle yeah with friendship that. deficit I think yeah we and, suffer with that, don't we? and what comes with that inevitably mm. is loneliness mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the loneliness of ministry mm. the loneliness of being surrounded by a sea of voices, you know, you may interact with people a hundred times a day mm. in email and other digital platforms yeah. and, and stuff. But actually, friendship—you mm. could count your real friends on not many fingers. Mm. Um, so it is a massive, mm. it's a massive deal, isn't it? And it's also—I've got, oh, I've got another story. I'm gonna, oh come on, I'm this gonna, is good. I'm going to bring it another. Does story. it involve kissing or nudity? That wasn't really a story, but this—this this is a more vulnerable story. Okay. So, um, I realized this myself a few years ago and um and i um decided to try and make a friend oh i decided that i was going to try and make a friend With scissors and paper or no, not... talking fresh <laughs> just double check it <laughs> that's you know what rach that's a good line oh well for done me, for well me. done you <laughs> Just as I was becoming vulnerable, you thought you'd just jam, <laughs> down. jam the knife in. Get it back in the box. No, tell me about this. Because I'm with you on this. I don't find friendships easy. No. So I decided I was going to try and make a human with friend. Me. A real, non-imaginary real human friend. And so there was a guy who was involved in uh, leadership. He was a worship leader, actually, mm. who I'd got to know through um, various stuff that mm. I'd done. I was I was working at, at uh, Youth Work magazine at the time. I was working at Premier. So used to encounter quite a lot of people who were in leadership mm. roles. And um, and we every time we'd done an interview or hung out in, in some context, we got on really oh. well. And he didn't live very far from me. And so I was like, oh, do you know, it would be good to have somebody... A friend who kind of understands the Christian world because none of my friends do. None of my friends really yeah. understand this world. My friend Tom, who now pastors a vineyard yeah. church, he was in business at the time, so oh. he, he didn't understand. Yeah. Um, and so, um, so I emailed this person, and he he emailed back and said, "Oh, that's really love. Would love to meet for a coffee sometime. Bit busy at the moment. Sorry." Oh. So I was like, "Oh, that's all right. Okay. I mean, a bit busy. That's fine." Mm. So I left it a couple of weeks, and then I emailed him again. And I said, hey, just me again, like, just what I'd said the first time was, you know, we're, we're, you know, we seem to get on really well. I'm only down the road. We're both in ministry. How about hanging out sometime? You know, and you, you're starting to laugh. No, you're I'm not. already I'm, starting I'm just, to laugh. I'm just wondering when you'd sent the please be my friend t-shirt in the post. Yeah, and right. just... You could say it was a little bit needy. <laughs> oh, no, I'm just, I'm really, I'm, I'm waiting for the How phone. do you make friends? How no, do you make I, friends? I'm with you. I'm with you. So I, so I emailed try and make friends with the worship leader and he emailed back and said hi hi mate um that's always a bad start 
yeah, I've I've had a look at my diary, and to oh, be honest, I haven't I, I, haven't, I haven't really got any time no. in the next few weeks. And if I'm really honest, I'm not gonna have any time ever. <gasps> oh my goodness! Sorry, mate. And then I was like, Oh my goodness! There's no need for that. Okay. Actually, are okay. you gonna name who this person no, is? No, I'm not gonna right, name them. Thank you, because there's no but need I, for that. I, uh, I no, I'm not gonna name them. Okay. But I um, but I did then make a paper version of him. And threw darts at it. No, I didn't. I didn't do that. That's a joke. I didn't really do that. I didn't do that. No, I moved on. I felt. Do you know what? I felt embarrassed. Yes. I felt really embarrassed. I was yes. like, oh gosh, I've tried to make friends with a semi-famous yes. person. But That's you backfired. were. But you weren't doing it because oh. you were semi-famous. Because actually, you connected you and you understood. And you understood. Yeah. I'm so gonna Google who's first. <laughs> yeah, you're, I've, <laughs> I've disguised it well enough. <laughs> you have done. But. but um, um, that's that is shame. I think you're right to to say made you feel embarrassed. Thank you for naming that because I think that's why we don't. That's why we jokingly say, "Oh, I'm so busy," and but I've got these friends, and when we meet up, it's like we've never been apart because actually, shame is the emotion that that says to us, "You don't belong." Mm. And to so those moments where we've reached out and it's backfired, mm. or, or or we just think nobody wants to actually hang out with me I'll just I'll mm, just leave mm. it we feel shame because we feel that everyone else somehow belongs but we don't have what it takes to belong yeah I am um, no but I love it that you asked for a friend so there's two there's two <laughs> women uh, there's two women in my life who I absolutely adore and I should I would love to invest in friendships with them more and um, it's Andrea Box Bowden yeah, who's yeah, now Andrea yeah, Boxer yeah. and Malkina at work and both of them one of the first times I met they don't know each other they're completely different women but both of them when I first met them both of them said to me, I want to be your friend. Like Andrea said to me, I want to be your friend. Can Aww. I be your friend? And Malkina's done the same to me. Aww. I want to be your friend. Can I be your friend? And it's really so lovely. And I said to Malkina, yes, but I don't know what that means. I don't know what to do. Like, what should I You do nothing. You just let me hug you and I'll be your friend. Because Malkina, she's like that. Isn't she? She's a big hugger. She's a big hugger. And she is the only one who gets away with hugging Chris Curtis. In fact, watching her approach Chris Curtis in the offices. It's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. She's like, come in. Come in for the hug, Chris. <laughs> and the world stops. Oh, the plate stops spinning. I love and we just it. watch this happening. This, I mean, but if you're listening to this, you know, this has got sadder, hasn't it? Because <laughs> this is a story of me trying to find friends and then essentially saying, no thanks. And you not even wanting a friend. No, I do. People running towards you saying, <laughs> Rachel, I want to be your friend. I do want friends. I do want friends. I mean, as we're kind of oversharing, and if, if you're still listening... Who's still listening you, to this? It's because they've got their hands... We're having on, a breakdown. They're having their hands on the phone. They're just interceding for us right now. But it's good to be honest about this, because I think as, as youth workers, again, I've spent my entire life as a youth worker talking about friendships and relationships. And yet it is a very area, not... Not so much the, ch- the challenges around sexual temptation, though I'm often quite honest about that, but actually the, the challenge that I just don't think I'm good enough to be a friend is a very live thing for me, actually. Wow. And I remember at school, when I was about 17, leaving high school, the summer, summer before I left high school, I walked down a corridor and I overheard lots of girls who I thought were my friends just being really nasty about me. Mm. Probably what we all did all the time, mm. but I, that memory of me thinking, oh, that's what they really... 
I've been at school with you for like five years and that's what you really think. So I think sometimes we do carry probably these, these stories of the email saying I haven't got any time ever. Ever. And, and, we, and it gets in there. Like yeah, it, it does. It, it does get deep into our sense of self-worth in quite a powerful way. So what's our, what's <laughs> our challenge? To How us, do we get ourselves, ourselves out of this hole? If you're still here, my goodness, you're oh, a glutton no. for punishment. Well, they're probably a very good friend to us right They now. are. They're our actual yeah, friends now friends. listening. They're the ones I said don't matter to me as much as my, <laughs> they do as my real friends. Yeah, but I think Nick Blanche has a point about this because he, he, in the interview, he talked about actually invest in friendship. Let's, let's not think... Let's get away from the idea that some people naturally find it easy. Maybe some people do naturally find it easy, but if we're always comparing ourselves to that or to the perfect friendships, then we won't build and make friendships. So that's... I love your idea of making a friendship. You know, find somebody nearby like I'm having to do that on adoption leave I'm I'm realizing that I'm I'm going to be very very lonely unless actually I invest in some of the lovely parents who I'm at the school gate with every day or mm. some of the people locally make go out of your way to make some friendships and I'm someone that doesn't really like small talk I like to go in for the jugular but I need to learn to just do life with people just just mm. chat about anything mm. and begin to make friendships because we're created for a relationship aren't we not just for the romantic relationship but but friendships yeah. Is that a helpful thing? That is really helpful. That's, that's and, my challenge. Though. And I think you have to um, love like you've never been kissed or whatever it is. <laughs> no, never been hurt. <laughs> love like you've never been hurt. That's it. Love like you've never been kissed. What have I just done? What have I just done? Uh, oh, no. I love it. You just smashed love it up. Love like, like you've, you've never, never been, been hurt. hurt. That's it. Don't <laughs> kiss like you've never been kissed. Wow. What is the you've never been kissed thing? That's not a thing, is it? I've just added that. 16 of you. Anyway. Love like you've never never been hurt. Okay. Okay. I'm going to go from here and I'm going to send it. I'm I'm going to find another. No, 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 no. no, He's dead to me. I'm going to find another famous worship leader (laughs) (laughs) who lives within a 50 mile radius of Rygate. And I'm gonna. I'm, I'm not gonna, gonna do that. But I. But, but actually, honestly, it, it is about being a bit vulnerable. And mm. sometimes, here's the thing. Sometimes we are. Um, uh, uh, there are some people who make the move mm. with social interactions, and there are some people who never make the move. Mm. So there are people who love you, want to be your friend, yeah. but it would never occur to them to organise stuff. Yeah. And sometimes you have to be the organiser, which is tough on you as the organiser. Yes. It's huge vulnerability because yes. with friendship, like you can easily think, oh man, they never want to do something yes. with me. They never ask to do something with yeah. me. But actually, some people need you to be the person who's going to set up the drink yeah. or the trip to the cinema or whatever it is yeah. that you like to do friendship-wise. So I think this is it all comes back to vulnerability, doesn't mm. it? It all comes back to saying, love like you've never been kissed. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Hurt like you've never been. I yeah. don't know. I don't know what it is. Loved. But well, I think we know what you're saying. Yeah. We've all done the, the youth talk on it, haven't we? This is this this has gone on long enough. But just sure. just close with one nugget from Nicky Gumble. So what you you were just blown away by how he talks about friendship in the Bible. Like, can yeah. you remember one thing from his talk? No. Which is really, really. Why did you do that? I just want to hear some good what? scripture. Why? Why did you do that? I'm gonna pull out Tozer. <laughs> James is on Tozer. Why? why? You just asked me to remember. 
Are you asked to remember something from a talk I heard five years ago? Well, he said... Uh, I have no well, idea. I'm it was very good. I'm setting, up, I'm setting you up for a kind of a, a racket serve. Because um, I, I think you're right that the picture of the friendship of the Lord... So who is it? Was, who, who's the, the character in the Old Testament? He walked with God. There's Methuselah, isn't it, and others. Mm. But the mm. friend of God. Like, that's what set Abraham mm. apart, mm. was that mm. God said, you're my friend. And I think... And that, that is what covers each one of us, isn't it? That as we think about our friendships with each other... The most beautiful thing is that God says, you are my friend. Mm. I mean, and so we already have friendship. We already are in this thing. Mm. And that that's powerful, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. God calls us his friend. I just love that. It's beautiful. Wow. So therapy <laughs> therapy session over. I feel like we should just both pay each other 80 pounds. I think we should. That's hour. fine. That's lovely. Um, and uh, we need to do some shout outs. We need outs. to do some, t- some shout outs and some, some information things. Should we yeah. do shout outs first? Okay. It is the last week of these shout outs. This is the end of these shout outs. This is the end. So I'm going to do a shout out to Gemma Dunning. Um, we think you're fabulous. You're going to be on the podcast very soon. Everyone listen out for Gemma Dunning. Yes. Brilliant colour, different coloured hair every week, I think. I love Gemma. Although lost on you on an audio medium. Like That's true. Tim, like podcasting. Yeah. Uh, uh, hello to Tim Fawcett. Yes. Uh, you are the um, the encouragement from yes. uh, the other side of the world yeah, to are. us. Yeah, and we do, we do love it. Thank you so much, Tim. And then Harrow Youth Collective, youth workers in Harrow who are seeking to be friends with each other and do youth ministry together. Um, so Jason and Paul and Helen and Ben and all those that work with you and work with us. Brilliant! So tell us the little segment about National Youth Ministry Weekend. What are we going to find out from you this week, Martin? Oh, well, you, the programme is the live. The programme is live. Um, let me tell you one thing about it, actually. So uh, if you are coming along, uh, Platform 2 is a really interesting space. So alongside the main conference, we've got these uh, little talks happening. Every half an hour, there's a different person getting up to speak from a really diverse range of backgrounds and positions and theologies and it's a sort of a bit of an experimental place where mm-hmm. we have new voices, we have really established voices there as well. Robert Beckford, Dr. Robert Beckford is coming to speak. I and, mean, and topic, he's not a new voice. Why am I still talking to white Christians about race? That is going to be That boring. is going to be a spicy meatball. Spicy meatball. And, uh, and you've got Chris Kandaya yeah, on there. Yeah, orphanages. Um, and... And, and, but you've also got some people on there who you might not have heard, who may not have even spoken... Uh, you know, on in this yeah. sort of conference situation before, um, there's a whole range. You have about 15, 16 different talks uh, through the weekend. And, and just if you're there, just have a look through the program. There might be one or two that you just want to check in with uh, and just have your, um, your, your world broadened a little bit because yes. we'll have a whole bunch of people you don't agree with on there. And that's good. It's good to listen to people we don't necessarily agree Absolutely. with. Absolutely. How to be a nice, hypocritical Christian. Yeah, that sounds spicy as well. That sounds great, doesn't it? I think this the programme looks absolutely brilliant. So there be something here for everybody. So absolutely, take a little look about that. And also, at the National Youth Ministry Weekend, we are going to be launching our next, our new series of Open Me. But whether you're coming or not to the conference, you can uh, register now via our website to receive... Um, all the stuff that comes for free, remember, and this is about you investing in your own relationship with Jesus and your own role as a youth minister. So the website address for that is openme.cc. Gosh, that's easy, isn't it? It is so easy, openme.cc. So in the spirit of friendship, um, I'm going to say two things that I like about you and you can say two things you like about me. Aww. Should we switch off before we do that? Yeah, that's probably <laughs> for the best. That's probably for the best. All right. Thanks very much. Thanks for sticking with us. Gosh, this is a long one. I know, it's been crazy. See you soon. 
The Youthscape podcast is always free, but if you'd like to support us, please go to patreon.com forward slash youthscape. I've got too many things in my head Rebrand. around youth ministry.